The following material contains adult language and mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Danger, Will Robinson. The Pinball Network is online. Launching The Pinball Show. Midweek edition. Pinball is a game of skill. For some, it's a passion and a lifestyle. It's time for the Pinball Show. It's pinball with personality. Hey, everyone, and thank you for joining me again on the Pinball Show Midweek Edition. Hope you are all well. I am, of course, your host, Craig Bobby. And for the next 30 minutes or so, we will continue our chat about the topics and happenings in the world of pinball. Occasionally, we'll have a guest along for the ride, and hopefully, we'll have a little fun along the way. So if that sounds fun to you, well, what are we waiting for? Let's get started. So here's a fun topic to talk about. Playfield manufacturing defects. Oh, sweet baby Jesus. I mean, just even the sound of that and hearing that as a topic sends chills through my poor little pinball soul. (laughs) I think if there's one area that seems to be a complete mystery to the average pinball owner... It's around playfield manufacturing and specifically how these manufacturers coat their playfields. And probably for good reason. I mean, this is kind of where a lot of the secret sauce goes into the manufacturing process in my my mind. It is one of those things and a topic that these manufacturers have been very, very, very reluctant to talk about over the years. And of course, with a device as complicated as a pinball machine, There are lots of areas that can cause these manufacturers problems, but none probably quite as big as having playfield defects. I gotta think that is right up near the top of one of the worst things that can go wrong with these machines and is an area that potentially can cause them the most headaches. And boy, aren't there some headaches going around the industry these days as evidence has surfaced online that a number of GNR machines have been unboxed having some playfield pooling issues. But before we get into all that, let's back up a minute and explain how we got here. And so typically after a title's product launch and reveal, there is much anticipation for those first units as they come off the production line to be unboxed in lucky owners' homes so that everybody can see what these games play like and what that buyer's experience is and what they are seeing so that people can then extrapolate about what they might expect to see if they should be so lucky as to buy one or what they might expect when their purchase game arrives at their home. That is what is occurring now with both Guns N' Roses and the Avengers. It happened previously with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Stranger Things, Willy Wonka, and on down the line you go. So these are very typical normal events that happen after these titles are launched and once buyers are getting them in their hands. 
So nothing ter terribly unusual. And lo and behold, of course, with each title, there are little tweaks, little issues that can occur with all of them, typically, because, of course, a pinball is a very complicated machine, and it's hard to get it 100% right all the time. At least this is what we have been accustomed to seeing and have been accustomed to expect with all of these manufacturers. There's going to be some tweaking, there's going to be some issues, and currently the issue of the day, we'll call it, seems to be with some playfield defects on some of the GNR titles that are going out. Now how many we don't yet know, and that's part of the problem. But let's just say there have been some issues, and there have been, to be fair, a few issues here and there with some Avengers machines, with how that subway's operating. So Stern is certainly not above having their own quality control and manufacturing issues over time as well. But for right now, it appears like, as far as the playfield is concerned, there appears to be more issues on the GNR side than on the Avengers side. Who knows if that'll stay the same? That could easily change as more of these units get out into the world. And certainly, we've seen these issues pop up off and on over the last few years. And I'm not sure what the year it was when the playfield coatings changed through various environmental laws in the United States and elsewhere in the world. And frankly, I'm not sure I really care anymore. I mean, I don't know who was making those playfields back then, what their process was, how bad it was or wasn't for the environment. I don't really care. That's all in the past. All I know is today, something is going wrong with the current process of whoever's making these playfields in that they continue to have problems off and on with the playfield hardness. I'm going to make a bet and lay that at the feet, not of the chemicals, not of the laws that don't allow the manufacturers to use certain chemicals, because you can't tell me in this day and age someone can't make a playfield that can withstand the pressures of a ball going around the playfield at a reasonable cost, while at the same time abiding by the current environmental laws and regulations. I mean, surely, of all things, the pinball community can have its cake and eat it too. Come on. Come on. I mean, I love the environment. I love playing pinball. You, you're telling me I can't get a hardened play field and at the same time look after the environment? Come on, everybody. Now, I'm not saying there's a hundred of these manufacturers lining up and waiting for Stern or JJP's orders to come down the pipe. I'm sure there's a very limited number of people out there in the world that can actually do this for the volume that these manufacturers are pumping these titles out at. I have no doubt. But to put this back to the chemicals that these particular companies are using, I'm not sure I buy that. Or if it is about that, I think it has more to do with Potentially, they're not choosing the right chemicals that are environmentally friendly, or the process of how they're applying these chemicals is not being done properly, or not without issue. However, and I'm not a clear coat expert, but clearly something's going wrong out there. Otherwise, we wouldn't be seeing and hearing about these issues. And we're certainly seeing and hearing about these issues these days. And I, I honestly, again, think that this has to be the number one nightmare issue for, of a manufacturer like Jersey Jack or even Stern because it is the hardest to fix once that pinball machine and that play field leaves the factory as part of your fully assembled machine. And you can replace all these other parts, mechs, node boards, quite easily, broken plastics. I mean, 
That shit happens all the time too, by the way, but those problems are far, far easier to solve for users and for the manufacturers themselves. And just like a part, can they send you a new play field? Yes, they can, but is that much use to the average pinball machine owner? No, it's not, because who in their right mind is going to go out into the world and spend thousands of dollars more to have that play field, your old play field stripped down and a new one put back together. God knows if the if the person doing that work can get it right at the end of the day. I mean, you've seen and we've all seen firsthand how complicated these goddamn machines are. Stripping down a play field has to be an owner's worst nightmare, particularly if it's new in box. So I'm going to just take that off the table right away because I'd say 99.999% of new in box owners or recent new in box owners wouldn't even dream of going down that path. Like, no, no. So the way these manufacturers typically in the past over the last few years have solved it is primarily, I believe, by sending affected owners an unpopulated play field that I guess they can kind of hang on their wall as a trophy. I don't fucking know. That's not what I want to do with something. Or I guess in some cases, and I'm not thinking of anything specifically, but I would have to imagine sometimes a credit might get offered up and it's probably of the value of what that play field might cost. Again, is that helping anybody at the end of the day fix the problem? No. And this is the problem and why this is such a hot topic for pinball machine owners, particularly new and box ones, of course, is because really these problems, once they occur, are not fixable. And so really, again, for those of you who may not have heard about this issue, and it's been a hot topic, so I can't imagine people that have been following the hobby haven't haven't come across this or had people talk about it before. But just in case you're you're new enough and you're like, what is a playfield? What are you talking about? Pooling issues? Whoa, there's water on the playfield? Okay. So basically, I believe what happens. And again, I'm not an expert by any means in this. Once the various layers of clear coat are put on the playfield, there is some curing that needs to occur for that coating to harden. And what is happening, I believe, is there is a mix of various chemicals which make up this clear coat. And somewhere in that mix, there is a chemical that is off. So the general mix of the clear coat is off somewhat, and so the clear coat is not curing properly after it's been applied. And what happens is, is that it's slightly soft so that when those play fields end up at either Jersey Jack or Stern or whatever other manufacturer is receiving them and they go to put in all the hardware, which are the posts and the screws and whatever else goes down onto the play field that needs to be screwed down, the clear coat is too soft. And so those posts or screws sink into it and create a little bit of a bubble or a pool around that particular piece of hardware. And over time, what happens is that can then harden and potentially chip off or scrape off, I guess, over time and create a blemish on your actual play field. And, and over time, whatever wood has been, ex- has been exposed is now wearing off as well. So it's a very, very difficult defect to actually correct once it's occurred on the playfield. 
And it's definitely a manufacturing defect. There's no other way to get around it. And I think Zach and Dennis described it perfectly, which is this is clearly as clear a manufacturing defect as it gets. And so what I'm boggled about is that, and I think why, why so many people talk about this and why it's such a hot topic, is that this is something or a problem that's both not properly been explained or identified by any of the manufacturers and no one is really touching this with a 10-foot pole which again is is somewhat baffling to me because whenever I see problems like this for companies I see them as amazing PR opportunities for them and so why they're not addressing this head on is kind of is kind of beyond me. I mean, I think they're all really hoping that whoever their playfield manufacturers are are going to solve this problem and it's just kind of get swept under the rug and everyone's going to forget about it and everyone's going to go Whew, that was a close one. But I think what's happening is in this day and age is that there are so many consumers now that are purchasing and hobbyists and collectors that are purchasing these machines that there is no hiding this problem. That the magic of the internet and social media will not allow this problem to die no matter how much the manufacturers would prefer it to go away. And so it's sort of the double-edged sword, isn't it? Where there is a shift into consumer buying and that shift means that there is going to be more scrutiny and attention paid to these products that maybe operators of the past didn't necessarily give them. And so, I, you know, finally we're seeing Jersey Jack adjusting to this. I mean, I think we can see it with Jersey Jack and their recent release of GNR. Finally, a company that has given what most are calling a textbook launch of a pinball machine that is clearly aimed at the home or collector or hobbyist buyer. I mean, clearly. And as a result, voila, a huge sales success. They have a huge sales success on their hands. But the flip side of that is now we have presumably thousands of home collectors rubbing their hands together saying, oh my God, thank God I got that $10,000 machine. I can't wait to get it home. And they're seeing now examples on the internet of proud owners unboxing these $10,000 toys and realizing that, oh God, the worst possible defect is occurring sometimes in these machines. And nobody wants to feel like after plunking down 10 Gs on a machine that right out of the box, there's going to be a, mis a mistake. I mean, I think everyone's come in this hobby to the understanding that there's going to be some adjustments. I mean, I, I, I'm still not comfortable with even that part of it, but I guess it goes with the hobby that there's going to be some adjustments of these machines right out of the box. I mean, I've, I've even heard in the last week of Avengers owners that are now having to bend their wire forms because when they got them out of the box, it was either damaged in transit or somewhere at the factory during the assembly process. Who the heck knows? And the balls aren't traveling all the way across these wire forms. So they've had to bend them, uh, I guess, in a certain direction, up or down, who knows, to get the balls to go all the way through. That is fixable, thank God. But even that bothers me. A playfield pooling issue is really 
Again, it's not the end of the world. These things will continue to play and they're fine. However, you don't want to feel like after spending the amount of money that new inbox owners are spending these days that the, they're they're wrong right right out of the gate. You know, like you haven't even got off the starting line and I can see that there's a major major issue with this machine. And I'm sorry, like others have documented quite clearly on social media, the washers to put underneath these posts aren't really a solution for this. They are again sweeping this problem under the rug and over time that washer will fail as well and push that clear coat down even further and you're going to have problems. So the washers are really not the answer here. So good news, there's been a consumer shift and a huge surge in demand, but bad news these machines are going to be scrutinized. And and why is that? Is everyone like anal when they get these things out of the box? No. I mean, these are just proud and happy owners that they actually could afford and bought one. And then they post them online. And someone says, hey, I mean, how's, how's that play field looking? You got any issues? And the guy's like, issues? Well, I don't know. Well, let me have a look. And lo and behold, there's some fucking play field pooling on his... <laughs> on his $10,000 Avengers or GNR. And it's like, shit. Everyone points the fingers and the whole community gets up in arms, right? So there's lots of people sitting around these days with COVID going on again. And so more eyes are looking at these things and they're talking and they're comparing them with their friend down the street who got one or the guy in Germany compared to the guy in Ohio. You know, so there's no hiding this issue anywhere. There is no hiding this issue. And therefore, I believe because it is such a costly and big problem for these manufacturers, they absolutely need to get out in front of this with education or what they are going to do about this as I do believe over time this is going to affect sales and just general PR and brand image frankly as long as these problems persist. But the good news about all that is that these are PR opportunities for both Stern and JJP for them to say hey have no fear. We've potentially got an issue, but no worries. We've got you, consumer. We've got you. We're working on it. And we'll be in touch soon to let you know what we've discovered, what our vendor is saying, how we're going to work with affected individuals to give confidence to the average new inbox buyer or potential new inbox buyer so that when I'm one in a hundred or when I'm one in a thousand or when I'm one in 10,000 buyers who opens their brand new purchase to discover I've got some play field pooling issues on my hands that I know I'm going to get looked after. There's, I think the other problem with this issue is there's really just too much general banter online right now. Um, about what the problem is or how it began or what, you know, what the solutions are, which there are none, uh, spoiler alert. Um, and it's just frankly creating a lot of chaos and confusion online uh, with buyers and within the community itself. And so again, this is where I think there is a huge opportunity for a manufacturer to come forward and start educating the buyers about what's acceptable, what's not acceptable, what they're going to do about some of these problems, and just acknowledging that there is an issue here. I think another issue here related to this that the community seems to be conceding on more and more these days, in my opinion, 
is the dimpling issue that is very closely related to the pooling issue. And that is because these play fields aren't necessarily sometimes as hard as they used to be, when that ball is slamming around the play field, it's going to dimple the surface somewhat. And I think everyone's conceded that a certain amount of dimpling is kind of normal. There hasn't been a lot of education to really know what's normal amount of dimpling and what's an abnormal amount of dimpling. And certain games with their ramps and, and shots and whatever cause the ball to leave the play field maybe more than others. And so certain games, I'm going to just pick one that's the most re- uh, one of the most recent titles that had a, seemed to have a lot of dimpling was Stranger Things. And of course, the dimpling's being caused because there's that humongous ramp in the center of the of the machine that fires into the demigorgon's mouth and you can quite often miss that or that dim- or that ball is going to bounce right off the demigorgon and come slamming right back down onto the playfield boom you got a dimple and that probably happens you know 5 10 15 20 depends how long your game is times every single game you're going to have a lot of dimples in a very short period of time so Some of that, I think, because of the wood surfaces these manufacturers are using and the playfields coating themselves are going to now dimple more readily than they have in the past. I I, I just don't like it in general. I I think it's, it's very easy for us to say, oh, well, and look the other way. And that eventually, you know, over time, some have stated that those dimples kind of smooth out, that there's so many that occur on the play field that over time you don't notice them. Meh, I, you kind of notice them under certain lights and it kind of does bother me as a, as a new inbox owner, but I'm willing to look past that and, and call that a little bit of battle scarring. Um, I'm a little less likely to look past this pooling issue because I know the effects on the play field itself and probably the resaleability of this game go way down when you have these issues they can they can take up the art underneath and just create a whole bunch of wear and tear problems for an individual machine that are far beyond i think uh, some little dimples on a playfield. the other part of this issue that zach and dennis touched upon that i would agree with as well is i don't believe boycotting a new inbox purchase is really the right way to go here because no one wants to feel like a they can't move forward with what they want and b i just think it unfairly places the pressure on the consumer when really the pressure should be on the manufacturer for making this issue right and i think that's going to happen through podcasts like this frankly through other people in the media talking about it through continued posts of consumers when they buy these things These manufacturers don't want these issues to occur. And trust me, again, like I said, they are all over this issue, I have to believe, because these are issues that are not easily solved and are very, very expensive for them to make right. They want to get these things fixed. It's in their interest to get these things fixed. So I think there's a lot of education and PR that could be done at these manufacturers to help educate consumers and buyers of these machines. And JJP has proven that they can have and have had one of the most successful launches in pinball history. Everyone was witness to it. And so bravo, take a bow. There are some very smart and savvy people over there when it comes to marketing. And now they have another challenge on their hands. And really, it's a it's a two part challenge, uh, which ends up being a bit of a PR issue for them. And the first is, hey, the demand has been so overwhelming that we're swamped. 
But we'll let you know soon about where your machine is, where you stand in the manufacturing process, when you can expect to get your C-E-L-E-S-E, whatever it may be, and how we're working through this to get everyone their machine as quickly as possible. Because guess what everyone's doing? They're ordering these things, and then they're calling their distributor every four days or the manufacturer every week and saying, hey, where's my $10,000 machine now? (laughs) I'm sure that's what's happening. I'm sure that's what's happening. And so I think it's important that these manufacturers communicate through this time where they are saying, hey guys, thanks so much for your support. Thanks so much for the sales. Business is booming. We love it. Keep the keep the orders coming in. And here's where you sit once you do place your orders. And here's what we're doing to get these machines out as quick as we possibly can. So you're not calling your distributor four times a week and asking where your game is. So you're not bugging our customer service department multiple times a month and asking where your game is. These are the reasons why these companies should be out in front of this and explaining to everybody, to the thousands of people that purchase these games, on what their process is and where their orders sit. Second of all, we clearly have a manufacturing defect in our some of our playfields. Good news, very, very, very small number of them. We've been in touch with our vendor. We've been in touch with affected individuals. We are working on a solution that we will get back to everybody on. Hang with us. We're still making the best pinball machines on the market today. We're working through it, and we're going to make it right. Absolutely guaranteed, and there's nothing to fear here. And here's the other good news. This is why I'm actually not, I'm, I'm feeling relatively optimistic about, about these problems, is because as much as demand has gone up, the competition for these manufacturers has also gone up. And I do believe, again, and I said this earlier, that it is a new day over at Jersey Jack. So although this problem seems to be persisting a little bit here, and again, no one really knows how prevalent it is, but although this problem has surfaced again, we'll say, the good news is I believe there are some very, very smart individuals over at Jersey Jack and at Stern Pinball that are taking hundreds of emails a day about this issue from everything from manufacturing to warranties to what Slash wants for lunch next week <laughs> when he visits the factory. I mean, the literally, I'm sure they are overwhelmed by all of these things. And so they all must be on this and trying to figure out what to do. And I just have a feeling that these guys are going to have a plan that they will make public once they get their heads wrapped around it all. I mean, I'm not promising they got a plan, but I'm just betting on it because I know Ken's too smart a guy. He's too good a communicator. He's been in this hobby long enough and knows what it's like to be on the other side of a, of a new inbox issue. This is topic number one or number two over there these days and i know they have a lot of hot topics i gotta believe this is one of them i think they've come too far and turned too big of a corner to let this particular issue derail them and like i said little nod to willy wonka here this is a golden ticket opportunity for them to turn the tables on this thing and leave everyone in awe like they did when they launched gnr and racked in all of those sales dollars. So come on, Jersey Jack. We know you can do it. I'm betting on you to make this right. Now, speaking of a boom in sales, recently Gary Stern himself was interviewed by 720 WGN radio station in Chicago, where he went on to say that Stern is so backlogged with games right now, there's been such a boom 
that they have over 5,000, I'm going to repeat that again, over 5,000 pinball machines that are backlogged right now in their system. 5,000. Let's think about that for a little bit. 5,000 pinball machines at an average cost, and this is a low average cost, of $7,000. We know, hey, you're looking at one. People pay a lot more than 7000 for these pinball machines. But let's just say, for argument's sake, that every pinball machine coming out of there has a sale price of $7,000. That is a retail cost of $35 million. And I got to believe it's a lot more than that because a lot of people are paying more than 7000 So I'm going to say it's probably $40 million plus they got sitting on their books over there of machines that they're waiting to get out the door. Oh my, isn't the pinball industry booming? And if you take a peek over at Jersey Jack, well, they just had a lovely release where they were raking in thousands of units in sales. I got to think there are millions of dollars on their books now as well, which got them off to a roaring start. Fantastic. So it's really been a boon for these manufacturers. And uh, I'm just thrilled that the, the hobby is alive and well. I think it's fantastic. Hey, we just want our machines. So where are they? Where are the machines? And they're making them as fast as they can. And I know they are. Um, everybody, I think, again, I touched upon it earlier, would love some additional visibility as to you know, what machines are St is Stern producing right now? What is the logic for where, why they're pulling things on and off production lines? What are they doing? How many are, are they doing at a time? Some of this stuff is, again, getting into the secret sauce mix of it, so they can only say so much. But I know as a consumer, I sure want to know, because these are the burning questions of the day. Why don't I have my Avengers Premium? I ordered it three months ago. Where am I going to get it this year? Am I going to get it next year? How come I don't know that? How come my distributor doesn't know that? Why is that they told me it was going to be five weeks and now it's going to be 10 or 12? <laughs> you know, these are the things that I think cause a little bit of anger, confusion, disappointment, resentment, uncertainty. You know, everyone's trying to have a good experience when they plunk down the big dollars here. And I think, again, these are beyond the launch. Everyone's so focused on the launch. What happens after the launch is what I want to know. These are as equally as challenging and as equally as frustrating and confusing for a new inbox owner as the launch launches themselves. I know it's baby steps and one step at a time. I know these guys can get it done. Hey, they should be getting it done. We just paid thousands of dollars for these things. So they're being paid to get it done. They're being paid handsomely to get it done and get it done. They will. Oh, it's an exciting and nerve-wracking time waiting for your new inbox, isn't it? These are the challenges. Again, this is part of the journey of a new inbox buyer. And I just can't wait to see what I find in my little box when I finally get it. And I'm certainly going to keep you posted whenever the hell that happens on what I find when I open it up and get it planned. Ooh, I can't wait. Well, that about wraps it up for another week. We'd like to thank you very much for listening to our little discussion about playfields and playfield coatings and all the headaches that can bring for both owners and manufacturers alike when those playfields are made incorrectly. 
going to take the next week off here as things are slowing down a little bit in the pinball world. But I'll be back the following week for more fun discussions right here on TPN. For The Pinball Show, I'm Craig Bobby. Catch you on the flip side.